TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Welcome in. I love the song. Welcome in. Happy Thursday. Great tune. Happy to have you with us. Um, I have to tell you, right out of the gate, I have to tell you, coming up at noon, I love doing this story every year. I don't know, John, if you geek out on it as much as I do, but the nominees for the National Toy Hall of Fame have been announced. You, I look forward to this every year. You wanted to know if I geek out on toys as much as you yeah. do? You don't have pinball machines in my house, right? <laughs> right. Um, That's kind of been my life so far. So, yeah. we. Lo- I just love it. It's just such a great, if you've never been to the National Toy Hall of Fame at the Strong Museum of Play in Rochester, New York, it's on my list of places to get to, even at my riper, my ripe older age here. Um, but every year in September, they announce the nominees to go into the Hall of Fame. It's a list of like 12 to 15 of them. And then in a couple of months, they announce the winners out of that list. And, and it's just always such a good time to talk about. And every year we talk to the director of that museum, and we will do that coming up after 12 o'clock. So much fun. Love it. Okay, on a more serious note, we start today exactly where we started yesterday with a local story and an update and a national story and a couple of updates and we're going to start with the local one i didn't see this coming i i I in no way predicted and could not have seen coming that first we get a statement from the city and then we get an email. Well, you know, considering the fact, and it, it kind of makes sense in retrospect, I'm with you. I thought this was going to be a while before we got any kind of detail on this at all. And what we're talking about is the resignation of former Overland Park Police Chief Frank Donchez, that it was going to take some time for some of those details to come out. But now, in retrospect, you know, given the fact that this fight was apparently all about transparency, mm-hmm. it honestly makes sense that it's only mm-hmm. taken about 48 hours for this to all get out. But there, there have now been some... Some reasons given, not reasons given officially by the city, but there has been some information released that may make it all make just a little bit more sense that it was a such a quick and and unexpected departure and B that he hasn't said anything about it yet. No. And I wonder if that's next. Or I wonder if there's a reason why he's not going to say anything. I don't know that he has anything to gain by saying anything at this point. He seems to have a little trouble with his mouth when it's open. (laughs) Speaking of that, yes. Um, And as John said, this happened fast. I mean, some of this might have been brewing behind the scenes for a while. But publicly, this started with a confrontation that happened at the city council meeting in Overland Park three days ago, this past Monday night. 
Yeah, and it happened. You've heard the name Albers brought up as as a possible reason. As one of the things, I mean, it came from the Shawnee Mission Post article initially about some of the troubles that the Overland Park Police Department has had over the last few years. And the Albers case, where a young man was shot during a response to a wellness check call, seems to have been the kickoff for a lot of this. And at that city council meeting, Sheila Albers, the, the young man's mother, was there. And there was a confrontation that she says took place between her and Frank Donchez when after the meeting, he walked over to her and started talking about how they had had trouble reaching out and getting more women to recruit for the Overland Park Police Department. They've had a trouble. They've had trouble with recruiting in general and with women specifically. She didn't seem like she very much wanted to talk to him and he didn't take the hint. No. And I also ask, does it strike you as just a little funny or weird that of everyone that he could go up to and approach about getting involved in an initiative to get more women in policing it's the mother of the of the man the boy that was killed in an interaction with police mm -hmm. of anybody you could have asked yeah, i don't why understand her? i do not understand that one at all so during that interaction she made some overtures about, well, if you want to recruit more people to policing, maybe you should be a little bit more open about things. Again, the sunshine thing is is a big part in a lot of this. And he didn't take her criticism well. She also called him out for lying on several occasions during interviews. And his response was, well, haven't you ever lied? And, I mean, it just got bad from there. And at no point did he see fit to walk away, which he absolutely could have, and decided that he it was more important to win the argument. So then, naturally, it gravitated toward the fact that her son was killed by Overland Park police. And that's when she they, they went back and forth. Uh, he's, he implied that she and her husband were bad parents, and then, uh, I mean, yeah, and then she uh, said some things about uh, the, the way that he had conducted himself, and that's when he said to her, well, you left, what she said was, you know, he, you were called, your police department was called out uh, for a wellness check, and at that point, uh, you know, he, he, uh, she made a statement about him having mental health problems. And Frank Donchez, she says, said to her, and you left him in his hour of need. I, I am um, beside myself about that exchange. Uh, and, and the fact that he initiated that, again, what was, in, what was going through his head about approaching her? Un <clears throat> excuse me, unless he saw it as in the first place as like, this is an olive branch to you. Like, hey, I know we've had some rough interactions. This is not what he said, but I, I wonder if this was in his head. This is an olive branch to you. I know we've had some rough interactions in the past. Maybe this is a way that we can mend fences a little bit. I think it's a lot to assume, though, that the mother of John Albers would have no interest in that whatsoever, sure. given, given the history. And not only that, once it's clear, I mean, if that was what was in his mind, because I thought the same thing. It's like, what end game were you hoping for here? It, clearly, it wasn't what happened. But if, if that was what was in his mind, that he was in some way extending an olive branch to her, once she says, I'm not interested, yep. walk away. Yeah. 
you're, there, there's no point in getting involved in that argument, walk away, and he decided not to do that. That statement, and he comes off very poorly in yeah. that interaction. He comes off like a bully and a jerk, and and it just it, now. I that said, we have had Frank Donchez on this program before for yes. you know for different reasons Multiple over times. time. I have never met him. The only interactions I've ever had with Frank Donchez have been here on the show, so I don't know anything about him personally. But if that's the kind of thing you say to a woman who lost her son at the hands of the people that you're in charge of four years ago, five years ago, pardon me, I don't know. I mean, that does not say anything good about your personality and about some of the other allegations about the way that he's run things over time. Sheila Albers is not the only person that apparently now we're learning has had a big problem with the way Frank Donchez was running that department. So we should point out. Um, that the officer that was involved in this was not charged. And that comes up. So the reason we know <clears throat> a lot of this is because what time was this email sent? Okay, so it's almost like she got home on Monday night because this email was sent at 10.53 p.m. Monday. <clears throat> and she gives an account of this exchange and she emails it to Lori Luther, who's city manager for Overland Park, and Kurt Scoot, who is the mayor. And she goes through, and it's not super, super long, but it, it details the conversation. And then she said, it is clear, and I'm just gonna read from the email. It is clear that Donchez justifies the use of force because in his mind, we failed as parents. Victim blaming at its best. Since C-Post, I don't know what C-Post stands for, um, did nothing. And the Department of Justice did not charge Jenison, the officer. In Donchez's mind, he is in the clear. And this is how it ends. This is obviously not the full conversation, but it gives you the gist. I do not need you to do anything. I said what needed to be said. He did not like it. He showed his true colors and I'm glad I stood my ground. And Tuesday evening, eight, I mean, less than 24 hours later, the resignation has come. Yes. And uh, you know, the, uh, good on the city of Overland Park for releasing that email. Yeah. Uh, to put some context behind all of this. Now, as you kind of stated at the at the outset of this, the ball is in Frank Donchez's court as to whether or not he wants to respond to any of this. C-Post, um, by the way, is the Kansas Commission on Peace Officer Standards and Training. Which, Never would have come up with that. Yeah, Thank I, you. I, I Googled it, <laughs> to, to yep. be perfectly honest with you. I didn't know what it was either. So, uh, it, but, but that, it's clear why that would, you know, standards and training is what's kind of at the center of all of this. The way that they responded when he backed the car up um, and responding with deadly force to that, that's something that does very much involve standards and training. But now that it it has been laid back at his feet. Does he just go quietly and go off somewhere else? I mean, keep in mind, he came here from, uh, was it Indiana? I have Cedar Rapids, Iowa. You're right. You, nope, you're absolutely right. It was Cedar okay. Rapids, Iowa. Uh, it got my eye states confused. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so, I mean, he's moved for a job before. We've all moved for jobs before. It's uh -huh. happened before, and it may very well happen in this case as well. Yeah, I have two. I'm, I have two curiosities about this, among others. One is why did the city wait 24 hours to release the email and give the details behind it? You could have just done all that Tuesday night and saved yourself a day of media speculation. Mm -hmm. I don't understand the theory. I don't understand the the public relations behind that. But also, I wonder if part of the reason he's not talking yet is usually the reason people don't talk is because of the potential for a lawsuit. Sure. Don't say anything. Get yourself in trouble. Absolutely. Publicly. And and. 
I mean, I, I'm curious exactly how the interaction ended. I mean, was mm-hmm. that the last thing that he said and he and he and then he walked away or was it the last thing he said and she turned and walked away or was there more to the exchange? Where, I mean, that, that line about you left him in his hour of need. Well, God, dude, your guy wow. shot him in his hour of need. So if you really want to play that game, it doesn't end well for you. Yeah, there's also the idea that, and and I'm sure this contributed to him no longer working for the department. There's that idea, we talk about this with teachers. You are in charge. You are the leader of that department. And you approached her, but and you're also a police officer whose job it is to have control over yourself, not just your actions, but your words. You're the boss, yeah. you're, you're a leader there. You should know to step away. And you have to know that this potentially is going to be emotionally charged. Because as she says in this email, twice in the past, she has accused him of, um, I don't wanna use the wrong word here, distrust. She said lying. Lying, okay, I mean, that's what I thought, but I don't yeah. wanna make that up. Yeah, maybe it was definitely says, in there. I called him out on the two occasions he lied in his role as chief and said his integrity was on the line. Okay, so you know she already thinks this. Again, it makes no sense. But you can totally get how it has the potential to get riled up, but his job is to walk away. Sure. Well, and it also looks very bad when his response to that is, well, haven't you ever lied? Because that's almost an admission that he does. Right. And that's such a juvenile response. Yes. To be accused of something and then say, well, haven't you done it? That's so immature for someone to say. It, it really, yeah, it's it's surprising. And and I think, again, just read the room a little bit, because the idea of walking up to a woman whose son was shot to death by police and and complaining to her about how police have been raked over the coals over the last few years. I don't she I don't think she's the one who wants to hear about that. Poor baby. Poor yeah. baby, go find anyone else that's had a different experience with the department to go talk to. Yeah. Um, how old's Frank Donchez? Late 50s, mid 50s, probably? Uh, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, we'll I'm going to s- guess. Um, I'm trying to figure out in my head if, if this is retirement for him or uh, if he'll move on somewhere else. Could be. I, I think that, um, I mean, a lot of that's going to depend on how much of this gets out elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Oh, uh, public records say that he is 43 years old, which is younger than I would have expected. This may be old, though. Let me see how old this is. Um, yeah, I couldn't swear to it, but this. Um, I'm going to assume older than that. Yeah, I, I, I think you're he was right with Cedar that. Rapids for quite a while. And he was the police chief in Cedar Rapids for quite a while, if I'm not mistaken, um, when he moved here. So time will tell. Uh, wow. But just. Things I never would have predicted in terms of uh, how this came out. So if you have thoughts here, 913-586-7798, feel free to get in. Then we move on to the capture of the uh, escaped murderer, and we're learning more about him, how he survived. And we have to talk about a picture that was taken after the arrest. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. Upon the capture overnight earlier this week of an escaped inmate in Pennsylvania, Pretty quickly after we knew that it happened, video came out and pictures came out of him, uh, of that arrest, of what he looked like right after the arrest. And there's one picture in particular, and I don't, um, he's not posing with members of law enforcement. I don't know what verb to use there, but it is a picture of law enforcement as if they are showing off, I'll use this analogy, as if they are showing off um, the prize they had just hunted. Yep. 
which is sort of true. I mean, that's, you know, it's not a bad analogy. And he is standing in the middle of the pictures taken from up above, along with the dog that got him and probably 15, 20 law enforcement officers with him. Yeah, it's being referred to as a trophy photo, and that's essentially what it is. It's the kind of thing that if you were out hunting deer and, you know, shot a, a you know a big buck that you were really proud of, and you and all your buddies were standing around the uh, you know, the dead deer uh, and had your you know pal take a photo of all of you, that's what it looks like. Now, clearly, he's not dead in the photo. He's right. still alive, but it's that's what it's sort of being compared to, and... I mean, there are police, uh, there's one particular police uh, officer, an administrator in Philadelphia, who's expressed some uh, dissatisfaction with this, saying, this isn't the kind of thing you do. If you want to have the the so-called perp walk where the police are taking Mm -hmm. him in, uh, okay, then fine. And we saw that. We saw the video of that, where he was in the Philadelphia Eagles sweatshirt and then had it cut off of him and all of that. So those things are okay because what you're doing there is you're showing police officers in the line of duty. It's also perfectly acceptable to have a picture of everybody that was involved in it all get together afterwards. And so, like you said, mm-hmm. this we saw this photo being taken from above, right. but, but it's an officer standing in front of all of them that's taking the picture. So if you wanted to get everybody together afterwards and say, you know, this is the team, these are the ones that brought this guy to justice, I think that's equally okay. Where some people start to have a problem with it is when you're holding him up in front of that picture saying, here's the guy we went and got. It's dehumanizing. How do we feel about it? 913-586-7798. If you're not sure of the picture that we're talking about, if you have access to a computer, I would encourage you to look at it if you can. I mean, we can describe it, but I think seeing it will help you out. Um, Charles Ramsey is the former Philadelphia police commissioner that didn't like this, uh, expressed his disapproval of the group shot, referring to the image as a trophy photo, like John said, quote, I'm not a fan of that sort of thing. Be professional. You got him in custody. Do your job. The rest of that stuff save for some other place. Nothing illegal about the photo, by the way. Um, and who was asked about this uh, that said it was fine? Uh, Pennsylvania State Police Lieutenant Colonel George Bivens said he had no problem with the picture, saying those men and women worked amazingly hard through some very trying circumstances. I'm not bothered at all by the fact that they took a photograph with him in custody. It's cringy. Yeah. Yeah, it, when it, when he's when he's there and being paraded, I mean, this is the kind of thing that we don't do in war. Um, and, and it's the kind of thing that isn't normally done in police work. Uh, somebody mm-hmm. on the text line just asked, what's the difference between this and showing the picture of the cops all surrounding a big hall on a table from a drug bust? Well, because the drug dealers are in jail. They're not part of the picture. What you're seeing right. there isn't a human being. Where in this case, they're parading him. They're parading him in front of the camera. And it looks like, I mean, there, there's guys kneeling in the front. It, it looks like a yeah. school photo or like a photo you would take of the soccer team for the year. And their big trophy, but their big trophy is a person. I'm going to make a very dramatic analogy, and I, I, I admit this is over dramatic and where I'm going to go, but I'll tell you the first thing that came to mind was the photos that came out of Abu Ghraib yep. when, and, and if you're too young to, to be aware of those photos, and I'll tell you they're, they're graphic, but photos came out in Iraq, <clears throat> excuse me, of U.S. soldiers posing and laughing at and smiling and showing off Iraqi prisoners 
naked and in compromising positions. Yeah, and, and the thing is, celebrate. Go ahead, celebrate. You, you did a good job. In fact, you did your jobs very well in a very challenging situation. Go ahead and celebrate and, and you know, put out pictures of that celebration. But have him in a jail cell first. 913-586-7798. Let's get a quick call on here before we get to a break. Ashley's in Kansas City. Hi, Ashley. Hey, uh, hey guys. On the other end of that spectrum, Jamie, I kind of equate this to the parent shaming by videos and photos on the other end of the spectrum, uh, analogy-wise. But I think it's been in bad taste. If they wanted to take this picture, take it, keep it to yourself. Don't post it all over the sheriff's department pages, uh, things like that. It, it just gives me the, the ickies. It's just like, dude, we're better than this. Yeah, you caught the guy. But honestly, the guy had a pretty good run. So let's not be bragging about something we should have had taken care of to begin with. <laughs> Interesting take. All right, Ashley, mm -hmm. thank you. Um, yeah, <laughs> That's I mean, true, actually. She, she has a point. Uh -huh. Well, and, and, and it's hard. I mean, police work is hard. Uh, there's a reason why most of us don't do it. And to mm -hmm. come to their defense for just a minute, I, you know, I... I I don't want to make more out of this than it is. Me, per just speaking for me personally, I don't like it, but I, it's not the worst thing that ever happened. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's it's a photograph, so uh, I, I think she put it very well. It's distasteful, but I have always been a person who said, okay, if the worst thing we can say about something is it looks bad, then it's probably mm -hmm. really not that bad. But I'm going to come back to the word unprofessional. Um, I wouldn't argue to, with that. To me, is worse than distasteful. There, there's a there's a line um, and, and I'm trying to figure out if they're smiling in this picture. And I think a few of them are. It looks like it. Which, again, just feels unprofessional to me. It's I come back to, like you said, showing off the the deer that you caught while you were out hunting. It's um, it just, yeah, makes me feel very weird. Um but distasteful, and and I don't know if it's more than that, but 913-586-7798. Text line split. We'll get to your calls next here on KMBZ. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. If your day sounds like we need the report ASAP, you deserve Medella. If you've persevered through, you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, you deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. So we're talking about this picture that was taken with the escaped inmate that was caught earlier this week. And if you haven't seen the picture, 
and you can, I would encourage you to go look at the picture before you give judgment on what you think of it, because it might make a difference. Um, it was, there is a police officer taking the picture. Uh, it's interesting because I'm trying to figure out who's who here a little bit based on uniform. Somebody said it was U.S. Customs that caught him and that, but th those look like military uniforms to me, but I don't. It's camouflage, so I don't know. Yeah, camouflage is not unusual. I mean, uh, regular city cops will have camouflage. De it depends on who they're looking for and what they're doing at the time. I know Customs and Border Patrol was involved in the search because there was uh, there's word now that he was trying to get to Canada. Yeah, we have that in our stack, yeah. Which today. is apparently a much longer hike than he thought it was. Yeah, especially on foot. Yeah. Um. So there is an officer that is taking this picture, and it's probably 20 or so law enforcement officers. And the suspect is in the middle being held up by one of those officers. And you can tell he's like bloodied face and stuff like that from the dog. The dog that caught him is there. The picture was captured and given out publicly by a TV station that was over it and saw it happen. Yeah. And so that uh, yeah, that photograph itself has come under some scrutiny. And we're just talking about it and about why in in situations like this that might not be the best idea you know have pictures of you doing your job pictures of you capturing him pictures of him being walked to the the uh the, the vehicles pictures of him being walked from the vehicles to the courthouse nobody has a problem with that but when you pose with him that's where you're on kind of at least morally speaking shakier ground according to some we'll go to jim in shawnee and see what he's making of all of it hey jim hi i saw that this morning and uh, now, a couple points. One, it, it did look tacky, but I, I have a problem when we go to the point of saying we're, we're, we're dehumanizing the victim, the guy who did this. He demoralized me. I, I didn't he call him a victim. <laughs> no, I don't, I, don't mean, I don't mean victim. Yeah, okay. We, but de dehumanizing him. He dehumanized himself when he stabbed his girlfriend so many times in front of her children. But two wrongs don't make a right. No, right. I, well, it, it, yeah, but we also don't know what it's like to, to the reason they were wearing camouflage is they're out. He had a scope rifle. They didn't want, they were trying to camouflage themselves in the woods that they were walking through. We don't know what it's like to spend two weeks hunting down somebody who could kill him at any second. And he had the upper ground, so to speak, because he was, he, it's easier to, to be the person being chased, to, to shoot back, shoot first, and somebody, is chasing them. We just don't know what it's like to to do that for two weeks, and I'm sure they were excited. And I, I'm guessing the people who live in that community don't have a problem with the picture. We just we just, we're, it's it's just easy to judge after the fact. It did look a little tacky, but we just it that was a tough um, that was a tough chase for two weeks. All right. All right. Okay. I, I just I don't know how being tacky makes that better. <laughs> I, I you, you lose me a little bit with the with the line of logic there that says, uh, well, of course they should, because, you know, they were they were doing a hard job for a couple of weeks. I, I don't know why that would make a difference to what they did. And when it, you know, the whole dehumanizing thing and a bunch of people have, have gone the same direction over the text line. Well, he was he's not human. Uh, you know, he dehumanized his girlfriend. He. Shouldn't we be better than him? Let let's do that. Let's yeah. let's the, let the police and the rest of us be better than he is. Saying we should dehumanize him because he dehumanized somebody else that puts us on the same footing. I'd rather not be on the same footing with a murderer. Yeah, I think there are a lot of people that think, and this is coming through on the text line too, that if you commit wrongdoing, particularly murder, particularly like this, we don't really care what happens to you. You deserve to be treated 
however we feel like it because you committed this crime. Yeah, I, I still would rather take the higher ground. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk to Fred in Kansas City up next. Hey, Fred. Yeah, this sounds to me, I hate to say this, but a bit of voyeurism on parts of certain people in that whole operation. And something like this, do the job, put the person away. We don't need to advertise a whole bunch of stuff. Now you're going to stir up a pot of rabble rousers that are going to say, oh, well, you're uh, – you know, you're 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 treating this person like a criminal, and really, he's he's the uh, victim, because I heard that word said just a moment ago by one of your people. And there will people, there are people that will believe that line right there. And now you turn into a whole can of worms. Put the guy away. Do your job. Go home. Have dinner with the family and pray. Yeah. It doesn't happen again. All right. Hey, Fred, uh, well said. Thank you very much for the call. It, yeah, it's it comes off as showboaty. And, mm-hmm. and you, yeah, I mean, how many times have we heard people complain, and I think rightfully so in some cases, about all the showboating that goes on in sports? Okay, you mm-hmm. did your job. Great. You, got, you scored a touchdown. That's what they pay you for. You don't need to do a dance in the end zone. And that's kind of what this seems like. And I don't know um, – how they feel about you had to have known because there was so much media attention to this that there was that someone was going to see you taking this picture maybe they didn't think that was going to happen maybe they thought this is a private moment that we're catching here but you had so many media outlets there that were <laughs> in so many different ways you had to have known somebody was going to see that picture every and I'm eye sure- in the world yeah yeah, and I'm sure the law enforcement in, in the picture have no qualms about that like great let more and more people see the good work that we did here and, and look at what we caught. Um, do we have to humiliate him? Yeah. You know, do, do we have to do that? Like you already caught him. So yeah, and, you already and, did your job. And and he is going to go away for a very long, he was already going to go away for a very yeah. long time. So add escape on top of this. He's, I mean, that I, I understand wanting to celebrate. Okay. The public is no longer in danger from this guy, but there are ways to do that without doing what they did. So let's talk about the press conference for a second and about what a reporter asked <laughs> in this press conference um, that goes in a, in a little bit of a weird direction. But same topic question that a reporter asked. I, OK, we'll, we'll get to the actual. I've got the quote sitting right in front of me right now. Mm-hmm. Do you think this was some kind of attempt at um, I mean, the only defense I could come up with for this is that it was some kind of failed attempt at making a comment about the way that he escaped what are you wondering about it that that maybe he what the reporter was trying to do when he asked this seemingly ridiculous question is say well in other words he was trying to take a backhanded slap at the the way that he escaped and the way that he was allowed to escape saying okay if he escaped this way were you worried here's the quote the, the reporter asked, was there any concern that he would team up with another small man to step inside of a trench coat little rascal style? I'm told we have the audio, actually, so we can we can play it for you. Well, sir, was there any concern that he would team up with another small man to step inside of a trench coat little rascal style? No. <laughs> I like the flat answer. No. No. And what are you talking about? I'm sure he's thinking. Right. I mean, and even my, you know, sort of thin through line there to some kind of a point that he might have been trying to make, I will more than freely admit is very thin. 
But I, other than that, the only thing that makes sense is he was trying to make a joke, which, you know, a press conference about a murderer being caught is a great yeah. time to go Shecky this Green. This is Michael Rainey from Barstool Sports. This oh, was a joke. Lord. This is not a serious thing Ugh. at all. They talked about it on their podcast. They tweeted about it. This was a joke. Wow. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> oh, I was waiting for audio. Okay. Um, yeah, I I don't um I I don't I I can't even. It's I hope it was a young reporter. Like first really big story. I I know from Barstool Sports cuz I've seen a he couple is, of things. This is not a reporter. This is just some guy that talks about sports and he showed up to the press conference to ask the question. He's like older than I am, probably late 20s. Uh-huh. This is not a he's not a reporter. This is just some guy that does a podcast. Okay. About sports. Right. He's not even a news guy. This was just a joke. Great. That's who I want in news conferences about escape murderers. Is uh-huh. People just there to yuck it up. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Maybe, right. maybe you know, just as a, just as a thought here, maybe the next time you hold a press conference like this, you might want to have somebody double check everybody's credentials and make sure that they actually do the job. Yeah, that would help. All right, nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. Coming up, the term California wants to get rid of. Get to that coming up here on KMBZ. Phone number here, 913-586-7798. Okay, we go to California for this next story. Uh, If a bill before Governor Gavin Newsom becomes law, there is a particular term that the state is going to ban on a death certificate. Yeah, no longer will anybody in the state of California be deemed to have died from excited delirium. Which I had never heard before. (laughs) <laughs> had no clue what that I mean deductive reasoning can tell you a little bit but yeah. I didn't know what the official definition was and I'm not the only one uh it has no consistent definition mm-hmm. but often means that someone is extremely agitated typically associated with drug use and so if the bill becomes law the, they could no longer put that on a death certificate or as a valid medical diagnosis. No, it's right up there with he died from a bad case of the vapors. You know, it, it just doesn't it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't make any sense. And it also it, it doesn't make sense that they used it as a cause of death to begin with, because if you die from an overdose of anything, meth, cocaine, you know, uh, whatever, all of those things have an actual physical cause of death associated with them. Your right. heart, your heart stops, or you know whatever. Uh, your your uh, breathing lapses, and you die of asphyxia because you know you you take a, an overdose of downers. Whatever it happens to be, um, you can ascribe an actual physical cause of death. But I mean, I want to know how many people have actually had that listed as their cause of death on a death certificate. Well, you died of excited delirium. Um, enough that they've decided to not use it anymore. I guess. I guess. Here's what they said about it. Um, This was out of KTVU, that most of the time it's used to diagnose why a person died in police custody with the connotation that it puts the blame on the person who died rather than on police for using excessive force. I hate bringing this name up, but they do. Uh, Defense attorneys for Derek Chauvin said 
excited delirium was a contributing factor in George Floyd's death. Oh, there's a reason to get rid of it right there. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they also wasn't talked... wasn't the knee. No, they, they also talked to a civil rights attorney named Julia Sherwin uh, from Oakland who said that, like in the George Floyd example you just gave, excited delirium has been junk science from the start. It was perpetuated by racism. California needs to be the tip of the spear getting rid of this garbage. This is landmark legislation. Yet nobody dies from delirium. And what's the point of having it on a death certificate? What does that accomplish by having that? Um, because usually, correct me if I'm wrong, usually a death certificate gives a cause of death. I'm trying to remember if they list contributing factors yes. on a death certificate. Oh, yeah, Do absolutely. they? Okay, I can't. It's been a while since I've looked at my dad's. Um, what's the What's the positive of putting that on the death certificate? Excited delirium. It's easy. Okay. And you can be sort of nonspecific with it like that. If if you had to, like, if you have a guy that uh, is in an excited state, here's another another fantastic one for you: dissociative fugue, uh, mm-hmm. who's in a fugue-like state like that because he's so just whacked out on every drug in the book that he's wandering around a downtown street and talking to people who aren't there and that sort of thing. And the police get there, and while they're trying to get the guy under control, his heart gives out. Blam! He drops. Instead of having to go through, you know, the okay, well, he died of uh, heart failure, arrhythmia brought on by, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's just excited delirium. He was going bananas because of drugs, and then he dropped. It's all, it's like you say a lot. We don't need laws that double up on other laws. Yes, a lot of times we already have laws for that. We already can call this whatever the actual cause of death was. Like you said, heart attack or whatever it was. We don't need this. Right. And and by the way, it's interesting that they brought up uh, George Floyd and Derek Chauvin uh, because the, the, the excited delirium connection in that case was at the trial. It was not on the death certificate. But if you have the ability, if, if things had been different and they had the ability to put that down as a cause of death, then would, would they have been able to call into question at trial asphyxia? which was the actual cause of death. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if I remember correctly, one of the things they put on the death certificate in the George Floyd case was heart failure. That it was, uh, uh, it's not heart failure. Um, and I can't remember what the word for it is now, but it's, it's, it's essentially when your heart stops, which is, yeah, your heart will. If you die of asphyxia, your heart is going to stop. Huh. Um, interesting. Just appreciate that we don't know if the governor is going to sign it. Although, why wouldn't he? Why why wouldn't he just get rid of this? Yeah. What's the reason not to? It's you know? it seems like a good way to either obfuscate an actual cause of death or just get lazy because you yeah. don't want to do the work to put in to find out what actually caused it. Yeah. And then while we have a couple of minutes, uh, we'll go to British Columbia uh, and what a man was offended by. That caused him to call police. And I'm on purpose doing this story with three minutes to go in the hour. Yeah. Uh, a guy in British Columbia was walking down the street and called their version of 911 because he saw somebody else walking down the very same street wearing camouflage pants. That's it. That, I'm not, that's not all the guy was wearing, but that's he wasn't wearing like an army uniform. He was just wearing camo pants. And the man who saw him was so offended and was actually under the impression that that's illegal 
that you can't do that. That it's it's like stolen valor or mm-hmm. or, you know, or impersonating a, a a soldier. But he told the police he said that he wanted the man he that if they didn't do something about it, he was going to go and remove the man's pants himself under order of the King of England. Yeah, the man wanted the officer to remove his pants. Yep. <clears throat> and police said the officer told the man that the removal of someone's pants would be illegal even if they were camouflaged, (laughs) that you can't just do that. And of course, I mean, they had to get their own shot in at the end of this one as well, because when asked about this, they did confirm that officers, and this is a direct statement from the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, no, no. Uh, they said our officers did look for the man repeatedly, reportedly wearing the camouflage pants downtown, but unsurprisingly, we couldn't find him. Um, (laughs) He was wearing camo. We couldn't find him. You know, what are you going to do? I have a question about substances here. Um, about is is substances or stupidity? When the guy made the guy who made the call, yeah, yep. uh, they didn't say. But mm-hmm. I, you never know. Um, I mean, sometimes, and it if, uh, this is not a shot at older people, but it always seems to be somebody who is a little bit up there in age. This guy was 27. Okay, so, so apparently not in his case. Mm-hmm. But but you never know what's going to set somebody off. And if you, for some reason, are of the belief that wearing anything that indicated military when you weren't, that mm-hmm. that's, no, you can't do that. That's against the law. Then, I mean, some people take that stuff more seriously than others. I know people who get really, really bunged up about flag etiquette. Okay. And are under the impression that that's written in law somewhere. It isn't. I mean, and I'm all for flag etiquette. I mean, I think you should treat the flag with respect. But there are people who believe that, oh, you should be arrested if you leave your flag out overnight without a light underneath it. No, you can't do that. Yeah. Has he not seen military members wear their uniforms out in public? Yeah, there's that. And just, I mean, how many pairs of camo cargo shorts? I have a couple of pairs of camo cargo shorts. Uh, and, and nobody's going to look at me and go, oh, obviously that guy's in the military. <laughs> no, not not really. I love the order of removing the pants. He said no. <laughs> All right, uh, coming up in the next hour, we have talked about the problems of the noisy yard tools, the weed whackers and that kind of thing, and how annoying that can be. Colorado governor annoyed with it, too. We'll tell you what he wants to do about it coming up next year on KMBZ. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh. 